Knowledge Bomb Alert, Knowledge Bomb Alert. My guest today, Mr. Anthony Chansonmuth, is an absolute weapon in every sense. This guy used to work for a Fortune 100 company, but had to leave and have a five-hour brain surgery due to the stress it caused him, and now he's having great success in his marketing company, in his coaching space, and generally just killing it in life. He's a lovely, lovely bloke, and just has some really tangible straightforward, incredibly useful business advice that I could not stop smiling about. This is a fantastic episode of the podcast for anyone in the coaching space who wants to level up. You'll love this one. Here he is, Anthony Chansomuth on Coaches to the Moon. This is Coaches to the Moon, the only podcast you need to skyrocket your coaching business and create true impact on the world. Here's your host, Alex Morris. Welcome back to the Coaches to the Moon podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here today with Anthony Chansomuth. He is a content strategist. He's a copywriter, the host of the Authentic Influence podcast, and his company, Simple Market, uh, Simple Creative Marketing, excuse me, is known for creating just amazing case studies for people driving heaps of traffic to their websites and to their pages so they don't have to. Right here in Sydney, Australia, Anthony, thank you so much for being here, brother. Oh no, why can't I hear you? Hello, hello, hello. There you are. Yes, you are. You're right okay. here. I know what happened. Um, well, I guess we're too far apart being in Sydney. <laughs> so, um, yeah, well, thanks for the invite. I'm really happy to be here. It's an absolute pleasure, man. And uh, for the people just listening, I can confirm Anthony is in the, uh, the signature hat. The signature hat. Has that always been a part of the style? I think that started... Oh, I've got to say back in my corporate days when I first started, yeah, doing the hats so, <laughs> and it's kind of stuck. Great. Well, it's funny because I wanted to start off talking about your corporate life because uh, we know you had a bit of a, well, for context, you had a bit of a roller coaster journey there. You're working as an IT manager at this Fortune 100 company right at the top end. It kind of stressed you out a fair bit, which you can definitely get into, cause some real trials in your life. But, um, you know, now from going from working from his one of these massive corporations to running your own businesses. Uh, you know, what, what's the best thing and the worst thing you think you took away from working at one of these high-end corporations? Uh, okay, let's, I mean, the best thing is, is certainly the flexibility uh, to, you know, make choices around how you want to work and where you want to work and what type of clients you want to work with. Um, I think that's, that's something that you have very limited control over when you're working in, in a large organization. Um, and then the challenges or, or one of the biggest challenges has been uh, actually having that flexibility and freedom because now you have to actually you take for granted, you know, that you walk into a company that has a thousand or 10,000 staff uh, and they've got systems in place that have been built over you know, decades. Uh, and you when you start your own business you're now making decisions that you never even thought about making like you know what's your profit margin um you know uh bookkeeping accounting uh tax law uh you know how do you price your products and services all these things come up how do you pay your bills every every month right so, so these things are um a big challenge uh and so you know and then if you you know grow a team and i know something that's your you're doing alex is you know when you do that now how do you lead a team and how do you hire and fire how do you do these sort of things and uh you know it really pushes your boundaries uh, in, in terms of 
you know, I, I, the way I like to put it, going into business for yourself is like the, the best personal development workshop or seminar you can ever go through, uh, especially when you're married and in your case, having kids, uh, it really pushes you and stretches you, right? So you got to have right. the right uh, people who, who are supporting you, the right mentors, the right guidance, the right, and this is where co- coaching, you know, I can see why it's taken off over the last you know, 20 years and, and, and it's continuing to boom as an industry. Um, and I wish I had those type of coaches when I was back in corporate, actually, because we, we didn't have those type of you know, life coaches. Yeah. Uh, what we had was professional coaches, but um, that's kind of changing now. 100%. I think, uh, you know, people say that coaching soon is going to be like having a personal trainer. You know, yeah. like originally, you know, no one had a coach 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and it still is kind of like that inside the coaching industry. Everyone's got a coach. It's a pretty incestual industry. Everyone's just selling to each other. But I think uh, when you say it to you know, your normal mates, your muggle mates, as my friend calls it, uh, people outside that industry, they're starting to understand the game a little bit. Um, super interesting though, what you said about, you know, starting a business being a huge personal development thing and, you know, how it can be a challenge when you got family. I, I know that if I, well, I assume that if I had my wife when I was going through my early stages of building business, I probably would have thrown in the towel much earlier because I couldn't go through the tough times, the broke times, the, you know, having to sell cars to get by, there would have been too much on the table. So I'm glad you brought that up. Um, You had a business that didn't go too well. You had a Facebook ads agency, which is what I do. And, you know, ran for two years and then just kind of didn't end up where you wanted it to. So you, you called it quits. Um, Was there anything, uh, that came out of that business that you're glad came out of a business that was unsuccessful? Yeah, I think uh, the biggest lesson I took away from that experience, that was me and a co-founder. So there's two of us, we had a partnership arrangement um, and registered as a partnership with uh, the ATO and all of that kind of stuff. Um, the, The biggest sort of takeaway for me was making sure that you have a partner uh, that's on the same, the head, that's headed in the same direction. And mm-hmm. we thought we had that when we started, but going two years into it, we realized our styles didn't quite click. Um, and then also sort of where we wanted to be within 10 years also didn't click. Uh, and so that manifested in different, you know, initiatives and things that we were each doing that didn't really align. Um, and that caused, you know, an internal um I'll call it a failure because that's what it was, but it caused a lot of strife and, and then uh, it did, did impact the, the relationship as well. And um, yeah. it's one of the, you know, one of my, I'd say it's also a regret for me because I genuinely love the man um, and he's been, you know, still a beautiful person. He showed up to my birthday this year, um, but it's, it's, you know, that I've heard it's been said that a partnership is like a, mar- you know, a business partnership is like a marriage. Uh, and and until you go through a divorce in a business partnership, you will understand like it's not only just the emotional stuff, but there's the financials involved in that. There's a whole thing behind that. Um, and so the takeaway for me is if you're going to get on the path of having, you know, uh, partners in your business, uh, then you really want to have clear contracts, clear, you know, conversations around what happens if we don't succeed. Right. Yeah. It's, it's easy. To, it's all fun and games and everything perfect when when you're hidden goals and targets and you know, it's all happening. Um, but when there's, 
like a real real relationship real marriage right when when there's rocks like you're going through rocky times um that's when you really test it and so you want to make sure you have uh you know agreements down to say okay now do we does one partner buy out the business do we do we go through arbitration how do we actually deal with that and if your goal is to keep that friendship intact then, then you're going to need those things totally and people jump into business partnerships so much faster than they would a marriage your marriage you date someone you you know, these days you often live with them for a while until you get married, then you're engaged. And that's when the real shit starts happening when you're planning weddings and everything. Business partnership, it's like, hey man, let's start a cafe. Okay, we're in. You know, I use that example because I had a cafe uh, with a business partner, started off as a mate, went to a catering business, we started a cafe. I was like 23, he was maybe 28. Same thing happened. You know, we it, it was going well and then we figured out we were thinking of different directions. And so... It ended, uh, it was a bit tense for a few years. Now we're best mates again. But on that note, so you said it's really, really important for you and your partner to kind of make sure you're on the same path. You have the same end goals, but everyone's changing all the time. So do you have a way of kind of remedying that or safeguarding the fact that people are always changing what they're motivated by? Yeah, I think it's it's absolutely right. Like there's, I think it's important to have regular check-ins to understand that, you know, um, we are headed in the same direction and it's okay to go in different directions, but does, you know, we need to understand it and really talk about how does that impact the vision of the business or the company, right? Um, what is it? Why are we here? Uh, and I think when you're starting a business in your first couple of years, it's a bit early for that conversation, to be honest. Like, I think it's, it, you're still trying to, if you're trying to work out product market fit, if you're trying to work out, you know, where you how you differentiate from your competitors, those sort of things. Um, it may be too early for that, but there is a certain point, And I think the earlier you can have that conversation, the better. Uh, and I just have regular check-ins and, and these are, you know, they're personal check-ins. Like it's not just let's sit down and look at our KPIs and how our financials are doing and what's going on with marketing, right? But it, it's actually, where are you doing? Like, how are you doing with your life, man? Like, where are you headed? Um, you know, if you're about to get married and have kids, right? That's going to impact the business like it or not, like that's a reality, right? And so how do we uh, prepare for that, right? Do we need to staff quicker? Do we need to, uh, you know, train someone else to kind of take on your, some of your responsibilities before you get to that point? I mean, that actually happened with one of my clients. So, you know, I've been working with an accounting firm for the last five years, supporting them in their marketing. Uh, and, um, you know, the, the CEO actually went off and, and had a baby. Uh, and so nine months ahead of schedule, she actually came to, to her team and said, this is what's happening in my personal life. Um, and this is the plan to actually make sure that when, when it's time for me to take my mat leave, um, that the business isn't disrupted or, or minimized, uh, like we minim minimize that impact, right? So that's kind of important. Yeah, that sounds great. And it sounds like, you know, she was probably CEO for a reason because she could foresee these things, think proactively. A lot of us think reactively, but I think the takeaway from that is proactive thinking, regular check-ins, you know, not necessarily planning for problems, but, uh, you know, planning solutions and, and safeguards. That's uh, that's mad because less problems will come up. Problems well, we saw that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, so you would have seen that just with the pandemic, right? Like a lot of businesses yeah. up and down this, this road here went broke and bust because they weren't ready for it. They weren't, they hadn't, they didn't have a digital presence. They would have needed someone like an Alex or an Anne to come in and go, hey, let's work on what, what your online presence um, and how do you bring customers through a newsletter every month or every week? How do you do social media better? Uh, these sort of things. And, and they just weren't prepared. Like they yeah. literally had no presence. You know, the streets were shut down. We're in lockdown for 100 days here in Sydney. Um, and they just hands up and went out. We're, we're going bust because we, we, we can't afford the rents. Yeah. Right. So, you know, that's that's what I'm talking about. Like 
we need to prepare for the some things. Obviously, we don't know a pandemic is going to happen, but um, you know, you, you need to think about okay, what if we get disrupted in our industry? Yeah, man. One of my favorite song lyrics is "Hope for the best, plan for the worst, and wind up somewhere in the middle." That's it. That's it. <laughs> it's a good one. So, um, I think it feels like we're going into really good advice for like young coaches out there, which is cool. Uh, you know, younger business people have got your takeaways from the big com- companies coming down and now we're at people thinking of starting a business when it, whether it's by themselves or with a partner or maybe they're in that, those first couple years of business and um one thing you're really big about is influence and creating influence and creating your following and podcasting you're you're the king of podcasting you've been everywhere you had a chat with taki Moore recently um i love taki he lives quite close to me actually and i'm really keen to listen to that episode transparently haven't yet because problems have come up in my life this week, uh, as, as you know, we all know happens. But um, yeah, podcasting, it's a, obviously we know, huge, huge platform on the rise, you know, going up and up and up. And coaches out there, they know that a podcast is a great way to create a lot of content and to repurpose and to network. But there's so much competition out there. Maybe they think it's not worth it. What would you say to a coach who thinks it's no longer worth it to start a podcast? Uh, I think you need to really get clear on what makes your podcast unique. Um, if you're going to start a podcast today or tomorrow or next week, uh, and you're just doing the same thing and you're just doing interviews with guests, uh, I think it's going to be very difficult unless you're pulling in, you know, influences in your space or in your industry. Um, big name, you know, if you can get Grant Cardone or uh, Taki Moore or, uh, you know, uh, Gary, Gary V or someone, whoever it is in your industry, um, that's cool just in terms of the launch, right? Um, because you need, you need people to want to come to your podcast. Now, having said that, uh, I actually did a, a survey a few years ago particularly for the Australian market when podcasting was still early days. Um, and I asked, you know, some of the big guns in the industry, like Kate Toon from, uh, she's got a, a copywriting podcast and I've got um, Darren Rouse from, from uh, what's his blog? Um, oh, he's got a really big blog. Um, and he started podcasting and I asked these people, okay, what, what is it about um, the opportunity? And for them, it, it, it's what makes a successful podcast. And they said, it's, it's literally, right, consistency. Most mm-hmm. podcasts, as you would know, Alex, you know, fail or shut down within the first 10 to 20 episodes. Um, they just don't see the ROI. They don't see, um, they're investing so much time and energy, maybe expense to kind of do the editing and all that, getting it out there. Um, so you have to really play the long game with it. And, and I think um, something that I've started to do my podcast, and I can see you doing that with yours, is to really have a strategy behind why you're doing a podcast. Are you, in, are you interviewing prospective clients? Are you interviewing prospective partners, right? Yeah. Um, be very strategic who you're inviting onto the show. And actually, where the business is done is after you stop recording, right? And you actually then have that, you know, 10 minutes or 15 minutes where he's talking about, okay, this, this is how I see we can collaborate. I've done my research. I've seen your website. I've seen your, your, your marketing. Um, and I like, this is where I think we can win together. And that's really the value. Like it's, it's the best, the way I put it, it's the best networking tool in 2022. Uh, you know, like it, it's literally, we can't, we don't, I've just only gone to my first networking event in two years, mate. Like yesterday I went and have a breakfast, uh, you know, thing. And to be honest, it, 
I'd rather invest in a 30 minute conversation like this with someone on, on Zoom. Like it's, it's actually, uh, you know, I learn more about your business than you about mine in that 30 minutes or that hour. Um, and that's almost like four dates, right? Like in, in real life. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so if you can sort of set your intention of, um, you know, how do I move from just interviewing someone and telling stories to actually learning more about them and developing a relationship with them, then that's, kind of the better, the better starting point for going into a podcast, right? And then from there, build a system so you can do it every week or every month, whatever it is you're, you're you know, and, and where does it fit into your marketing, right? Because if it, if it doesn't, if it's going to be one more thing you need to do on top of your ads and all these other things you're already doing, uh, it's too much work and you're just going to throw it in a hard basket. Yeah, 100%. Two things I want to, you know, touch on. One, incredible networking tool. Incredible. You know, it's no longer you start a podcast and you're just going to be blowing up because no one has podcasts. However, you know, I transparently, and I've said this to guests before, I started this podcast as a way to DM people out of the blue and start conversations, get them on the phone. Because coaches, what do we do all the time? Hey, do you want a three? Do you want a free coaching session? Do you want a discovery call? Do you want a strategy call? No, I don't want a strategy call with you, beginner coach. However, I really value your content. I'd love to have you on the podcast because, you know, you're an interesting person. You've got great information. What a starting point. What a different start to that conversation, right? And for me, I started off doing that, you know, grinding to get guests on the podcast. And now people come to me all the time saying, can I be on the podcast? So that's a fantastic change I've noticed. Secondly, it is one more thing to do. But then, you know, and I know you know about this, repurposing that content turning one piece of long form content into multiple, multiple pieces of short form content that is then done for you, send it to your guests. They put it out. Everyone wins. It's marketing free for everyone. Everyone gets connections. And uh, yeah, I've, I've got clients out of my podcast as well. So I think consistency is the main thing and, you know, have an objective for it. Not just to it, sell things. Yeah, <laughs> I, no, I love those, those, both what you've said there, Alex. And I would you know add to that, um, just have a clear message. Like, what is it you stand for? Um, you know, be okay to call out things that aren't working in your industry or what other coaches are doing in your space that you don't really resonate with, uh, or maybe some common knowledge, right? That's out there, and, and you and you're and you're going, well, that's not really how it works for my clients. Like that that what you know, um, like you've even said that in this episode where you've said, you know, the way you used to work with podcasts is not how it works now, um, right? And and so. Uh, I love your tip about repurposing, and that's something certainly that, that we do with our Facebook Live. We turn that into you know, you know little smaller chunks of content that we put out there. Um, but we also think about um, yeah, how 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 can we share a consistent message and, and stick with that, right? Um, and you'll start you'll notice you know with our episodes, uh, I'm very focused. I'm writing a book about case study marketing, and therefore every guest I bring on, I'm actually filtering it qualifying them i'm looking at their websites and saying well do they actually use case studies because if they don't right they're not coming onto the show mm. right because they can't add value to our audience who are listening about you know how, how to best utilize case studies and, and what brands actually out there doing that and i yeah. can see i'm going to give a thumbs up for for your company because you guys are you've got a testimonials page up on the site um and you know one thing for coaches like if you're a coach um yeah discovery calls everyone now i'm a bit uh, biased because I've been in industry for so long. <laughs> so for me, if I see discovery call, I'm thinking, okay, that, that's a pitch for a sale, right? Yeah. Um, so I stay away from them, right? The, the, what I've seen work really well for certain coaches and consultants, and Taki Moore is a good example of this, you, you actually 
do use your podcast to actually coach prospective clients. Bring them onto the, the podcast, take them through, hey, what's one particular problem you're having that you know that you can actually help with and then coach them through that on your podcast because that's what's happening now is your listeners are listening and they're going, oh my gosh, I want that. I'm having a similar challenge. I have a similar problem. I'm in, the in, in that industry and I can see that Alex coached this guy or this girl on how to do solve this problem. So I want to reach out and actually learn more about his coaching service, right? So that's something that, that you know, uh, can be really powerful. Yeah, I bet. So I feel that like some people might be a little bit hesitant to be coached live on a podcast. But if they're, if they're open enough to do that, what a freaking amazing idea. Come on my, I'll give you a free coaching session, make some content out of it. And literally you ask me any questions you want and I'll help you for free. That's massive. What a switch. 100%. And you're right. There are some you know, businesses and owners and whatnot who might be hesitant to do that. But I would challenge that because if you go and find uh, a podcast called Reboot um, uh, by Jerry Colano, uh, he's got like multi-million dollar startup founders on that thing, on that show coming to him to get coached because they know to, to pay him to coach you, all right, is literally thousands, $10,000 sitting in a room with him for an hour or whatever it may be, right? So for them, it's like, well, I, I can go down, down that path or I can get on the podcast and be a bit transparent about my, my challenges uh, and they do it, right? So it just depends on what, what the value is. Yeah, I think that's funny because I, I feel like for me, the further I get into my business, the more um, open I am to being coached on my business, you know, because my... Yeah. My ego is out of the way and my insecurities are out of the way. I think it's very funny. When I first started, people would go, oh, you know what you should do? Or you should try this. I'd be like, what do you know, fool? You know, you're not me, you know, <laughs> but now, you know, I, I'm, I take notes all the time. Like I'm always kind of, uh, I'm going to reboot podcasts written down there, always taking notes. I think um, that's a massive learning point that you've just said, uh, multi-million dollar startup founders saying, coach me i'm open to being to being vulnerable on camera and and admitting i don't know everything but a lot of beginners out there uh you know not men not women just everyone in general there's this kind of like hyper masculine ego comes out like no you know what no one does it like me no one does it like me i think do you think that being open to being coached at the beginning of a business is a huge factor in success Hundred percent. I think it's like if you were, if we take, if we go to the sporting field for a second here, and we were trying to be, you know, starting out in our sporting career, whether it's basketball or soccer or whatever you're into, right? If you want to accelerate your progress far quicker, right? Do you think you go and hire a coach? Okay, most of us would go, no sweat. Yep, I'm going to put, you know, the hundred bucks to get a coaching a tennis lesson, right? Why would you not do that in business, right? Especially when it's even uh, you know, it's a zillion times harder <laughs> in business in my, in my, no, I'm not a professional athlete, so I can't speak for, for that world, but um, you know, uh, in business, when you have all these things going on, um, certainly in my experience, when I've had mentors and I've paid for coaches, that's when I've seen my business accelerate, right? Because it's like, I've been, I'm literally sitting with someone who's had 10 years ahead of me and they've gone through these challenges. Right. And so they're just going, Hey man, like just avoid these things. Um, and boom, right? So, so that's that's uh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love you. Think you would bring it back to the yes. I always realize when I'm asking like close-ended questions on the on a podcast. So, thank you for elaborating on your answer of yes there. I appreciate it. And I realize I've got a new coaching program which I launched today. So this is not a plug because you can't get into it because it's already on. But um, not not to you, but. Uh, they were, you know, scared about, you know, putting money into ads and stuff. And I was adding up and I was like, 
goodness me, I spend uh, $64,000 a year on coaching at the moment. And uh, when I realized that, I was like, that used to be what I used to make in a year or more than I used to make in a year. And it, I, don't, I don't blink an eye at it. Not because I make so much freaking money that it doesn't matter, but because I know every dollar is going to someone who will increase my knowledge and my foundations and my income. So um, what, what areas of your business are you currently being mentored in, Anthony? Uh, definitely. Like, this is funny, right? So I do marketing. I help businesses with actually building credibility through content. And that's why we focus so much on case studies. And where I'm getting mentoring is actually how do I scale that service, right? Um, and one particular aspect of that is how do, how do I do strategic partnerships better, right? Because there's, you know, what I'm looking at is connecting with larger uh, agencies, larger um, organizations that understand sales, that understand where case studies fit within a sales process, um, and then also how to actually convert better. So one challenge I see with a lot of, of, of small business, and you'll see this with running ads, is you know the ads might be great, but the conversion point is where it fails, right? And so, and one of the biggest you know uh, tweaks we can do with conversion point is testimonials, which is actually proof or social proof. Right. And so um, that's where I'm getting coaching and mentoring right now. Um, and now another aspect where I, I regu uh, regularly meet with a coach is actually in the financial area. Um, I have, I'm working with an accountant who actually, or he's a financial advisor, uh, and he actually helps me understand profit better. How do I, you know, tweaks and um, pricing points and whatever else um, to, to, to get the most out of my financials uh, and make sure that I'm going down the right path. Yeah, that's a scary one to look at sometimes. It can be uncomfortable for a new business owner when you go in and you realize that in the cold light of day that you're not actually making any money or you're you're doing it you're doing it wrong and you're uh, on Instagram you look great but you know in the back of zero you don't look fantastic and that's a tough one. That's a, it's a I, I liken that to um you know when you're 21 and you go out on Saturday night and you don't want to check your bank account Sunday morning because you know, you know, you spent $180 on, on uh, wet pussy shots and taxis. Right. Yep. So, yeah. um, but I mean, okay, well coming from, you know, cause I, I think we, we will wrap this up soon, but coming from a, uh, a guy who's had many, many years of experience, not only in huge corporations, not only in businesses that didn't work, but also in businesses that do very much work. Um, if you had to think of one area in business that a new coach should get a mentor in today, what would you recommend? Uh, I would say, uh, and this is what I'm writing the book about, is actually how do you social proof your business? How do you build credibility quickly? Mm. Right? Um, and this, this, this kind of spills over into like very many different areas of the business. So if you're talking about branding, that's one element. If you're talking about uh, copywriting and conversion and landing pages and, and just building a funnel, right? That goes into there as well. If you're talking about retention, right? Um, how do you keep your customers or clients once you've got them, okay? And we see a lot of, and you probably see this with some of your clients, so they come in and they, they get these wins, but then they have to keep constantly doing launch campaigns or whatever it is to bring in more business because they've lost business, right? Uh, and it's kind of like, so my focus is uh, around how do you actually, um, you know, have a reputable brand in the market um, and how do you differentiate? And those two things, you know, connect to what I'm calling uh, trust triggers, right? Um, and, and that's, you know, how do you, when someone's, when you're running an ad or, or you, you send traffic to your website or you're doing SEO well and they're coming to your site, right? How do you keep them there? Like, how do you make sure they don't bounce, right? And so, um, and a big part of that is 
are you presenting as a credible brand? Like, and I'm, I'm actually developing a, um, uh, what do you call it, a scorecard assessment type thing um, that, you know, you go through a bunch of questions and it'll give you a rating on, on how credible your business is. You're on mute, Alex. That sounds like an epic resource, man. I'd love to uh, shoot that through. <laughs> shoot that through whenever you can, man. Yeah, so that's a Q2 project. I'll definitely circle back to you when that's ready to go. Yeah, thank you. I think uh, a lot of us, once again, would be, you know, when we're asked how credible does your business look, I think a lot of us would be kind of hesitant, uncomfortable to approach that topic because um, it wouldn't be what we think, you know, when we actually look at it objectively. But uh, these uncomfortable topics, these uncomfortable truths, they're only going to help us grow, right? Yeah, like I think that's, you know, I learned that when I started off coaching, you know, I gave away, I think it was like one month of just free discovery calls or uh, there were meetings. I met them in, in you know, in Pitt Street in one of the hotels wow. and we, we literally had, you know, one hour, sometimes two hour coaching call uh, conversations um, and I would coach them through the challenge and then um, I would say, hey, pay what you can if you want to continue. This is, you know, this is what I'm offering for this month. Uh, and I got eight clients from that, you know, made a couple of thousand dollars, in that, you know, during that campaign. Um, but then I realized, hey, like the, there's the, the for coaches, the, the prospective clients want the experience. They want to know what's it like to actually work with you, right? And so if your discovery call is just probing questions that lead to, hey, okay, I can kind of solve your problems. And then the next step is to actually pay for a coaching session with me. Um, I would flip that and say, actually coach them for the first 30 minutes on a problem. And because you know what, what problems... Uh, will help you if you can solve one problem it, it actually opens up what are the other problems that, that are creating you know and as you know there is there's a whole like you're just picking at specific things to then understand is actually a bigger picture um, and if they don't actually if it's, if it's a mindset issue is it a team issue is it a systems issue right you can really uncover all that uh, and then when they've had the experience of working with you they'll go oh my gosh like you know uh, that was powerful, right? Um, that's much more powerful than a 15 minute or, or 30 minute, you know, here's 10 questions or five questions and, and okay, yeah, I think I can help you. <laughs> like that, that doesn't work. Uh, it, it doesn't work as well as it did 10 years ago. No, no, it doesn't. And uh, that's something that we're constantly battling against and something that you and I as marketers are doing our very best to remedy over the next yes. few years, man, with our businesses. So um, Anthony, Chancellor Muth, thank you so much for being on today. This is truly a conversation I could keep going forever. And that's why I'm cutting it off because I know, <laughs> I know that I'll, I'll end up being like watching the clock being, I've got a client in two minutes and this is gold. So I'm going to start the wrap up process early. Um, mate, we're going to be plugging all your links and everything uh, on every single bit of content we put out. Uh, I think I was really excited for this episode and you've absolutely delivered, man. What a ton of gold you've given us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to be here. And I uh, just want to mention, I've got a resources page, which I've created for your listeners. So if they want to learn more about case studies, we've got a free guide on how to craft a compelling case study. Um, not all case studies are equal. Okay. Um, so if you want to create a story that actually helps people convert um, and, and really learn about what you do and how you do great work for your clients, uh, go over and check that out. It's free, uh, simplecreditmarketing.com forward slash CTM, which is uh, the, the, this podcast, right? So uh, go and check that out. Oh, you know, that's actually my acronym. There you go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, thank you. I didn't even realize that. Thank you so much for doing that. That's absolutely the link. We'll pop in everything, man. We'll pop that link everywhere. And uh, thanks for what a 
what a cool little touch. You're a you're a guru at this stuff, man. You're an absolute guru. I cannot wait to actually catch up in person, brother. Let's do it. Let's um it. let's make sure that it's not too long before you come back to the beaches. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> love the northern area, man. Anytime. Thanks lovely, for the opportunity. It's a lovely part of the world, man. And uh plenty of places to get coffee and uh plenty of places to get your feet wet. So um anyone, thank you one more time. And uh, anybody listening live or on the recording, what a pleasure having you here today. That was Anthony Chansomuth, and I will be back in a couple of days' time with another episode of Coaches to the Moon. Thank you for listening. Much love and peace out. Coaches to the Moon will be back next week. Until then, reach us on Facebook at To the Moon Digital Marketing.